I started doing it for the wrong reasons, and I didn't enjoy it anymore. That from one motivating Manitoban, her story coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 36. My name is Kelly. I hope you've had a week of motivating movement. I had a really fun one highlighted by completing a trail race at Mont Saint-Marie in Quebec, which instantly became a favorite local track of mine. It was a picture-perfect day, and the trail was full of windy, flowy single track with a ton of switchbacks. Just a great event and a great trail series this summer put on by Mountain Equipment Co-op here in Ottawa, and I can't wait for the 2020 series. So great job again by Mech. I also had a great time conducting a personal training workshop last Friday, which focused on the relationship between mindful movement and sustainable motivation. Now, looking ahead here, I'd be lying to you if I wasn't just a little bit nervously excited, let's say, about tonight, because I'm running a nighttime trail race called the Midnight Moose. It's a 25K run, nighttime run, at a local ski hill called Camp Fortune. And this will actually be my third event at Fortune. And there's a lot of climbing, steep descents, and some really technical running overall. And it's bound to be a lot of fun, not to mention challenging. What's truly amazing about this event is that there are actually distances of 100 and 160 kilometers which is just an impressive distance and a completely different breed of athlete, if you ask me. Now, as I've said before, I love September and I've been leaning into what it has to offer in my home city as hard as I can. Someone else who leans into fitness in her home city in a big way is my guest today. She is a key cog in the social fabric of fitness on the Winnipeg fitness scene. She's a co-leader of a group called the Badass Lady Gang a weekly free outdoor fitness group in dozens of cities across North America and in Europe. It's also got a group here in Ottawa. And by the way, a special shout out to Ottawa leader Rebecca Skinner, who introduced us. Not only is my guest a free fitness leader, a few years back, she coordinated a Guinness World Record. We're going to talk about that a little bit more a little later. She's also been listed as one of the top 100 most fascinating people in her province. On top of all that, as if that wasn't enough. She was the star of a viral video this summer that, in a nutshell, epitomized badassness. Today, I'm talking with Carly Tardiff. After having luckily met Carly at a book event for Feel Like It last June, I got to know her a little through social media this summer, and suffice it to say, my podcast senses got to tingling because this woman has a story, and I had to have her on the show. While you're listening right now, why not quickly find her on Instagram at Carly underscore Tardiff. That'll be in the show notes. She's a fun, motivating follow, that's for sure. We cover so many things in our interview, including the achievements I just listed, and not the least of which is how she showed some strong resiliency during some tough times using fitness to really feel like herself again. So without further ado, let's roll the interview. First off, thank you so much for joining me today. I know that you are a busy person and you are, I think, basking in the afterglow of what, a CrossFit workout right now? So I've got you at a really good time, don't I? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Carly has a uh, really 
interesting background and resume. And um, recently, Carly was uh, involved in an event that I'm going to bring up later in the interview that uh, I, I want to talk about because uh, it was really, really interesting and it made news. And now, Carly, you are right now living in Winnipeg. That's in the middle of Canada. That's basically my home city. Tell me a little bit about how you grew up and in particular, how you came to develop such an active lifestyle. Yeah, so I grew up in northwestern Ontario. I started off in Ignace, Ontario, which is about four and a half, five hours east of Winnipeg. It was a small town, like 1,500 people. So there wasn't like a whole lot going on. In the winter, it was hockey. In the summer, it was biking around with your friends. So I've always been in like a pretty active person. And I moved to Dryden for high school, which is like an hour west of Ignace. Because it was a bit bigger, there's like 8,000 people, and um, continued on with hockey. I played high school hockey. And from there, I went to school in Thunder Bay, and I I just always have had physical activity in my life. Like, after I left hockey behind, I got involved with CrossFit, and then from there, running. And it's just something you can take with you anywhere you go, really. When you talk about uh, your life as a kid in uh, northwestern Ontario... What are your earliest memories of of being active? Was it organized sports? Was it through school? What really caught your attention early on? I actually remember this very clearly, and it's kind of funny because um, my dad's pretty proud of it. I didn't start playing hockey till after my brother did. He's a year younger than me. And the reason I started was actually because he was spending more time with my dad than I was. So so I, I was daddy's girl, you know. So if my brother was playing hockey and getting to spend that time with my dad, I was going to join hockey. Oh, so, so a little bit of sibling rivalry. So it sounds like you, your, your family in general were fairly active, at least into sports. Yeah, my mom, she did uh, cross country and volleyball growing up. And my dad, um, he was a, like a big hockey player. So when we were young, we were always outside. Like, I can't really remember watching TV very much at all. My mom was always encouraging us to go outside, go for bike rides, go for rollerblades. And being active was always a, a family affair. And it sounds like to me a little bit like you were exposed to a variety of things when you're growing up. It also seems like as an adult now, you have your hands in a variety of things, not just in fitness, but in life in general. So do you think that as an adult now that you're sort of fulfilling a reflection of all of that great stuff that happened when you were a kid. Yeah, it could actually very well be that because a lot of uh, when I was young, it was organized team sports. So you always had that like core group of people around you for support. When I left high school, like I said, I kind of went away from organized team sports and started pursuing more solo activities that I didn't have to rely on other people to be there for because everyone has such crazy schedules when they're in university, right? Like classes are at different times. Like some people are morning people, some people are night people and organized team sports for adults. A lot of the time, the times are not very good. Like you're playing late at night, right? So me being a morning person, not so much a night person, I figured, okay, I got to try something new. I want to stay active. From there, because I actually got away from being active a little bit for a while, but now I'm back in Winnipeg, a little older now, and um, we're starting to develop that core group of people for support in a different way. And that's a really interesting part of your story, because I think, you know, for um, by all measures, given uh, what you're up to now and how active you are on, on a weekly basis, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a bit, but everybody's journey has either a slow start or 
there are breaks, there are hiatuses for whatever reason. So tell me a little bit about that break for you and how you got back into it. Yeah, like you said, there's there's peaks and valleys, right? And for the most part, like I said, I've always had an active lifestyle. But for a while, full disclosure, um, I was in a bit of an unhealthy relationship, which uh, brought with it an unhealthy relationship with physical activity. And I started doing it for the wrong reasons, and I didn't enjoy it anymore. When you talk about a change in enjoyment, what sort of things sort of happened that you are, are able to share that uh, brought you down that path, do you think? <laughs> so yeah, so I was dating this guy, and he was uh, he just wasn't a faithful guy. And I was starting to hear some rumors. And then I guess if, if you look at like my resume, you can kind of see I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And when you don't have control of a situation or when I didn't have control of a situation, I had I like found a different way to have control. I had a bit of an eating disorder and a bit of orthorexia. So I was starting to exercise like to burn off the food I ate. Right. So I would be like running at odd hours of the night or like going to the gym and like hating every second of it, but just there because like I wanted to look a certain way. So I had some sort of control over my life. What were the, some of the key moments or a key moment that sort of brought out the, the, the positive change to lead you where you are now? Yeah, I can actually pinpoint it because as I started kind of coming to terms with my situation and deciding what I was going to do next in life, I did start exploring other fitness options again. So when I was in school in Thunder Bay, I was doing CrossFit and then I left it for a while and then I came back to it. I was like, oh yeah, like I don't really remember why I left this. Maybe it's just like the city I moved to didn't have a gym I was comfortable going to yet, right? So uh, I was living in Kenora for the summer and they had a CrossFit gym there that I started going to. And I just started to become... I would almost say addicted to feeling strong again. That brought me back to loving the fitness I was doing. So started doing CrossFit more, started feeling better about myself, was able to leave that relationship. And then uh, because of, yeah, just enjoying the feeling of being strong, I started to pursue other things again. I got back into running, uh, but I really stuck with CrossFit. It's interesting because there's a lot of things out there that, you know, build strength, right? CrossFit is one of them. So out of all of the things, and it seems like you've tried a lot of things, you've got a, a background that includes a lot of sports, probably a lot of other uh, fitness activities. What is it about CrossFit that gave you the feeling that you're kind of looking for? Well, as I said, like, as you get older, life changes, scheduling becomes different. And being uh, on the competitive side, CrossFit gave me that outlet to pursue something physical on my own time and be competitive against myself. And then it became that way with running as well, right? So like you run your first half marathon, you get this time, and then you're like, oh, well, I can beat that next time. So again, it's just like being competitive against myself on my own terms. So I think, yeah, that's probably about five years ago now. So yeah, my first half marathon was five years ago, I guess. I'd never really thought about the timing. A little bit of context uh, for the listener there. Carly, I, I uh, met Carly uh, very recently through a mutual acquaintance, and uh, she was. Uh, one of, I think, was it five people who came to one of my book talks and two of them were like family of my family. <laughs> it was really good though. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It was just great because I got a chance to, and I always say with, when I, when I do talks related to my book, there's great perks to having a small audience. And you were one of the great perks because I got to meet you, talk to you a little bit and follow you, particularly on social media. And learn a lot more about you as a person in the community. And you've really embraced uh, by 
all accounts, you've embraced your life in Winnipeg and you've taken a, a big leadership in the fitness community there, particularly in um, the free fitness community. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you evolved to become one of these leaders, one of these uh, great leaders in Winnipeg? Yeah, so currently I am one of the co-leaders of the Badass Lady Gang Winnipeg. Badass Lady Gang is an international group. Uh, They have chapters throughout the States, in Europe, Australia. But the main focus is embracing you and what your body can do regardless of what level of running you're at, what distance you're running. Like we want you to show up, we want you to have fun, and we want you to feel good about yourself. The woman who started it, Kelly, she's... Uh, she's originally from New York and she has her, a whole story that's crazy too, but she was uh, asking women to go for a run. And you know what, if you're, if it's a hot day, you're sweating, whip off your shirt if you're comfortable. Like she's, she wants you to really embrace your body and what it can do. So not this summer, last summer, uh, my co-leader hosted uh, a run in Winnipeg. And I just said to her, I was like, we should make this a club, you know, cause like the energy was so great. Uh, the ladies loved it and it doesn't, you don't have to be a lady to come. Like we welcome everybody just for the record, (laughs) but, um, yeah, like the energy was really good. So we're like, yeah, what the heck? Like, let's make this a club. So we contacted Kelly. She gave us the okay. And from there, Kelly actually decided that, you know what? Yeah, this should be like a club that folks around the world can like be a part of. So she opened it up for people to like apply to be leaders, start a chapter in their city. And it just grew from there. So you were so Winnipeg was one of the first cities then in in the movement, the badass lady gang movement. Well, I mean, I don't want to take credit for anything here, but <laughs> we definitely made a run club before badass lady gang was a thing. <laughs> well, this is the place to actually take credit. So I'm giving it to you. Take the credit. Take the credit. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, that's pretty amazing. I mean, it must be. It must feel pretty cool to kind of see how this has evolved and how it's grown. And not only that, but see, uh, you know, the members of your group uh, join and grow and enjoy it too. I think that's honestly the best part because our community is growing every week. Um, We have a lot of regular folks who come out. It's just really exciting to get to know all them, get to like hear their goals, get to help them like achieve their goals. And it's really inspiring. I think what our group really focuses on is the folks who maybe haven't gone out to a run club before this might be their first time because often first timers will message us being like hey like I don't know if I can run a 3k because we offer three and 5k routes but you can adjust like to however you see fit but Mm -hmm. a lot of folks will message us and say hey like I'm really slow I don't know if I can run 3k am I allowed to come absolutely um if you need to walk walk if you want to do 1k like great we want people to get out there like start getting comfortable with that. So then, yeah, they can break out of those, their shells, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just like anybody, everyone's story, everyone's fitness uh, story has a starting point, right? Yeah, exactly. And like, like you said, everyone starts somewhere. Not everyone's at a half marathon or a marathon, right? And a lot of folks will be like, oh, like, when did you start running? Were you always a good runner? And I'm like, no, like out of high school, I could run two kilometers and I would be dying, you know? <laughs> like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everyone starts somewhere and yeah, we really want to instill that in people like you can do anything you put your mind to as long as you want to do it. Like you said, like you want, you got to feel like it, right? <laughs> Was that some sort of plug? I don't know if I don't I can't tell. <laughs> you're you're pretty straight faced about this stuff. Now, the badass lady gang, 
has a very important role, particularly, particularly like you said, bridging people to other communities, uh, fitness communities within Winnipeg. But it's a great point to start uh, because, you know, let's face it, not everyone's just going to get off their couch and walk into a CrossFit gym. That's a big leap. And what sort of things do you do as a leader to try and make people feel as, as comfortable and as welcome as possible? I think our group is a little bit different in that respect because we like, I mean, everyone makes an effort, but I feel like that's really what we try to focus on because at the beginning of each run, we, we have a weekly question. So we post it on social media ahead of the run, but it'll be something like, it could be something fun. Like what's your favorite restaurant or what is on your summer bucket list that you still need to cross off. Sometimes we go deeper, like what motivates you to get out and run or like what's some, a failure you've encountered that you were able to overcome. So everyone gets to know people a little bit deeper, like you get to know their name and then maybe you have a talking point, like say you're running beside someone you just met. You're like, Oh yeah, you said you like bronuts. I love their donuts too. You know, like you kind of have something to break the ice with already. We also, we try to do a monthly event. Oftentimes it ends up being more than once a month. Like, uh, for example, this weekend, we're going to the movies together. Um, this past Wednesday, we had dogs from Winnipeg Animal Services come out so folks could run dogs, like some shelter dogs. We're doing a Dragon Boat collaboration with the Paddle Club next week. So we we try to, yeah, mix things in. So like, say you're actually not that keen on running, but you still enjoy hanging out with the group and getting to know people. There's other entry points there, too. The next time you have a dog run, just call me because I'm there. <laughs> So I love that idea. That's terrific. That's a great cause too. So high five there. But it really sounds like there's a conscious effort on, you know, the, you know, the idea of community, of, of being social. That What have you seen in the members that show you that, yeah, I think people are going to stick to this? Um, one of the first runs, like I'll go back a bit. One of the first runs we did, uh, we had a member actually get lost. And she... Oh, no. Yeah, so she messaged us after and gave us that feedback, like, you know what, like, I didn't feel comfortable, I'm slower. So it was a blessing in disguise, honestly, because from there, we made that very, very, like, strict intention that someone's always going to be in the back, someone's going to be at the front, someone's going to be at a turning point, we're going to, like, really keep an eye on folks, you know, so that really helped us develop what we do. A great thing with uh, a lot of the members, too, is they've become friends outside of the run club. Like, there's a handful of them who didn't know each other before, and now they hang out all the time. And now that they're hanging out, like, they feel more confident to, like, all go together to something else. Like, the one week they went to Park Run, and now they're coming to November Project. So Mm -hmm. I think just the growth in their involvement in the community has been the best thing I've seen. Yeah, and the friendships are extending or developing and extending beyond just that one day a week or, uh, you know, that was about an hour of time that you spend together being active. It's extending beyond that. And that, I think you're exactly, that's a pretty strong sign that things are going in a positive direction, that it's more than just showing up, sweating and leaving and not talking to anyone. There's more to it than that. Exactly. Yeah. And often like at the end of our run, people stick around and they chat and they socialize and they make plans and it's just beautiful to watch. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing stuff. Lifestyle change really gets accelerated when there's a social element. In the last few years, there's been a few 
free community fitness groups that have come on the scene and thrived. Why do you think that these things have become so popular and where do you see it headed in the future? Well, I think, yeah, the free part is a big thing because it costs a lot of money to have a membership somewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. and people, especially millennials and yeah, folks around my age, like we don't have that kind of money to throw around on a regular basis. And then say you're paying for a membership and then you have a valley and you don't go for a week or two. Then you start feeling guilty because you're like, well, I'm paying for this, but now I'm not using it. So then you're kind of like in a love hate relationship, I feel. But like you said, with the free fitness community and like it being social, you're not just showing up for yourself anymore. You're not showing up just because you're paying for this membership. So you should, you're showing up because now you have friends there and they're looking forward to seeing you and you're looking forward to seeing them. I think that's just going to continue to grow because the reward for like what you're putting in, because all like all you're putting in is you're showing up, you're not paying for it. And I think that's a huge, huge part of it. Well put. So Carly, I, you know, in, in doing some background research for, for uh, the interview, I learned that you are on a pretty prestigious list. You are one of the top 100 most fascinating Manitobans. And I'm a little upset because that was a list I never got on. So tell me a little bit about that accolade and part two to the question. You're also associated with a Guinness World Record. I think that's actually what landed me on the list, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> like I said, I moved to Winnipeg nearly three years ago now. And I had just uh, the previous year um, got my degree. I was living abroad, came home kind of to the realization that I needed to start adulting uh, <laughs> because my bank account wasn't going to support my travel habit anymore because it was empty. So I moved to Winnipeg kind of on a whim. One of my girlfriends was moving because she had a teaching job. So I just uh, tagged along. Uh, from there, I decided I wanted to run my first full marathon. So uh, when I was in Winnipeg, job hunting and like basically looking for something to do with my time, I came across this blog of uh, a guy. He was on a quest to be one of the top uh, 1% of people in the world. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> Apparently, you have to run a marathon on every continent and break a Guinness world record. So I was just down the rabbit hole on this guy's website. So Mm -hmm. I was reading about the records he'd broken and they were all chain records. So it was like the longest chain of people floating down a river and inner tubes and longest chain of people doing yoga simultaneously. I was like, man, this guy's a lot of chain records. I was like, Oh, I wonder if there's any chain records we could break in Winnipeg. And then I was like, oh, maybe the longest chain of ice skaters. We have one of the longest ice trails. So then I Googled the record and it was like 270 people set by a city in Japan. Um, I figured Winnipeg smashed that. And then I thought, oh, well, if we're getting that many people together, maybe we could fundraise for something. And I messaged uh, one of my family friends who happens to be very involved with Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation. Uh, he set me up with someone there, and from there we just started planning fundraiser. And so, tell me a bit, little bit about the actual uh, the event. How did that uh, How did that turn out? Well, it was a bit of a process because, like, if you want to break a Guinness World Record, you have to apply to break it. And I applied February 2016 because I broke we broke the record 2017. Um, I didn't hear anything. It was like August and I still hadn't heard anything. So you can expedite their uh, 
like a approval if you pay money. So I asked my dad to sponsor it. <laughs> Basically, I was like, hey, uh, do you want to sponsor this Guinness World Record? It's for charity. And he's like, yeah, sure. So hmm. expedited it. They literally got back to me in like two days. So we had permission to break the record at that point. So then we started planning. And I feel like how I work, I see the big picture. And then I work backwards. So Mayor Bowman's going to be at the front of the line. Ace Burpee's going to be there. There's going to be TV crews. We're going to break it. We're going to raise a whole bunch of money. It's going to be great. It's like, okay, how do you get there then? So, um, yeah, I was working with Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation. We kind of started making a path. Uh, they have a like really great infrastructure for doing things like that. So um, we were able to put together a team raiser for folks to raise money. Um, had to develop like a marketing social media plan. And that's really what got a lot of traction because when I said I harassed Ace Burpee a little bit, that's kind of where it was coming from. <laughs> so, yeah, so we uh, tried to gain attention in a lot of creative ways because I had, I didn't have a marketing budget, right? Like I was just doing this from scratch and like with the help of Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation. And they were really great too. Like they emailed out to their database and, got me in touch with some folks and it ended up, yeah, it ended up being a success. So a year later we ended up raising nearly $150,000. We broke the record and it was probably the coldest day in Winnipeg. So that's, that's just a testament to Winnipeggers, right? Like they, when they show up, they show up, even if it's like minus 40. So any future attempts to break your record, you can always go, yeah, but it was minus 40. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. You, like- you can always keep that in your back pocket, right? That sounds amazing. I mean, to get that many people out and it'd be a day like that, a really cold day, uh, that's amazing. That that shows a lot of uh, a lot of commitment. And, you know, obviously Winnipeg will take that on full on given how hardy Winnipeggers are and... Uh, and even how proud that they are of being able to put up with some extreme weather, particularly in the winters. Yeah, I think that just made it because Winnipeggers are weatherproof, right? Like we can take it all. So to say you broke a Guinness World Record on the coldest day of the year, that's like just another notch in the belt. Well, it's pretty badass. I think that's the definition yeah. of badass. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and that landed you on this uh, list of fast. I mean, if fairly i think it's fairly uh that accolade is quite fair but one of the most fascinating top 100 most fascinating manitobans that's pretty neat so what was it like when you heard that um honestly i I didn't even get notice or anything uh i believe it got published in the free press and it got tweeted out right and like i it wasn't on my radar by any means and then someone i think it was actually a cancer care manitoba foundation sent me an email and was like oh you're on this list and i was like what (laughs) but yeah it was it was very flattering like it's nothing that i expected at all and there's a lot of really great people on that list so to be on it alongside of them was yeah just really flattering that's pretty cool and i i I, earlier i teased how you know there was an event that kind of happened that uh you were a part of. And, and now that actually wasn't the event. I was alluding to something that <laughs> happened to you recently that has pulled you back into uh, the spotlight, not just in, uh, in Winnipeg and Manitoba, but it kind of went viral. Tell, tell the listeners what sort of happened recently and, uh, and how you got some extra, um, some extra exposure, not planned. Yeah, well, I commute to work on a bike and I do have a bike lock. 
the bike rack's right beside our door, but one day, just a little bit after lunch, the maintenance man burst into my office and um, told me that someone had stolen the back wheel of my bike. And I was I was a little bit stunned because you never think it's going to happen to you, right? But apparently, it's a rite of passage in Winnipeg to have your bike stolen. And I guess it was just my time. It hadn't happened to me yet. And luckily, it was just my wheel. But yeah, I was a little bit stunned just sitting there. I'm like, what am I going to do? And then I thought to myself, how am I going to get to CrossFit after work? <laughs> and then I realized that I needed to get my wheel back. So we went outside and sure enough, my wheel was gone. And I asked the maintenance man uh, which direction the fellow went. And so we started off down towards where he had gone and continued to ask like what he looked like. And then he looked down a little alley and said, that's him right there. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, no way. But then uh, it was, it was like, I just blacked out or something because before I knew it, I was just standing in front of him and I was like, uh, could I have my wheel back? (laughs) And he was like, he was pretty shook too, because I'm sure he didn't expect me to come after him. And there was a guy biking around kind of keeping an eye on him, which I found out later, like he kind of had a feeling that he had stolen the bike and the wheel. But anyways, like he was around when I was in front of the thief and I asked for my wheel back and he told me he needed it. It's <laughs> like, yeah, so do I. Uh, you took it from my bike. And yeah, he was just really shook and he ended up giving it back to me and then he just took off running. And you did get your wheel back. I got my wheel back. I was stunned. And the, uh, and, and for you listeners out there, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have the video and I'll post it. Um, maybe a link to it in the show notes here, but, uh, it wasn't necessarily just a, which the story is amazing that, that had happened. And this was in the light of day. And, uh, you know, I know that, you know, the whole, there's a whole, uh, courage culture, right. Of, you know, bravery at the right time and under, you know, safe conditions and what, yeah, exactly. like this, this all lined up that way. But the video of you identifying the man and then like a rocket instinctually just uh, using all that CrossFit energy <laughs> yeah, and uh, blast off, you caught him. Um, that's sort of the video that has been uh, kind of uh, flashed around the web these days. And uh, the fact that it kind of resolved itself with getting your bike back is uh, is intriguing to say the least. And when it was over, uh, after you, you know, you said you kind of blacked out there and you got your, your tire or sorry, you got your wheel back. Um, what sort of thoughts came to your head as you, uh, realized, you know, what had kind of gone down and that you had actually, uh, got your wheel back? Yeah. Like after it happened, when the adrenaline wore off, obviously safety was a big concern, right? But as you said, late of day, there was people around in any other conditions, I certainly wouldn't have gone after it because it's the danger that could have happened like is not worth a wheel but yeah the first thing that came to my mind was the safety and something bad could have happened but I think like the reason why the video is entertaining is because nothing bad happened Mm -hmm. and I was lucky but I would certainly not recommend anyone go out and do that yeah it's amazing it's amazing it's a it's a great story and I will say I mean you're fast and uh (laughs) so that guy picked the wrong bike tire because you took off like a shot and it was pretty impressive. And I think that's part of it too. And, and I think, you know, following the story, cause you posted this on social media and, and by the way, uh, this has happened since I had met you uh, 
earlier, about three, three or four months ago, early in the summer. And so I was able to follow this uh, when you posted on your Instagram and I was like, no way. But one of the great things that come comes with this is a little exposure and then people learning a little bit more about you and your interest and in, in whatnot. So it's kind of great to, in, in a way, a secondary effect of this is some exposure to some of like the badass lady gang and some of the things that you do, your CrossFit gym. So uh, pretty neat how that all kind of comes together. Yeah. And I think another thing that was kind of entertaining about it all was what I was wearing, just because like wearing a dress and wedge sandals is not exactly running attire. And like you said, I was, what was great about it was uh, the badass lady gang was able to get quite a bit of exposure. And I guess if you're going to lead a badass gang, you should try to be badass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was great. There's been a couple of people who have come out because they've seen it. And yeah, that, that was really a blessing. So now the question is, so I'm, I'm sensing a theme here. You're doing these badass, uh, uh, Guinness world record breaking things. You're, you know, you're stopping thieves and whatnot. What's the next badass thing on your list that you'd like to go do? Not by accident, not uh, solving crimes or anything, but what's <laughs> the next thing on your list that you're kind of working towards that is giving you some purpose these days? Oh, uh, I'm going to have to say planning a wedding. <laughs> oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. So next summer, um, I'm getting married and I think that's going to be the most badass endeavor because I don't know where to start. <laughs> I'm sure it'll all work out and I'm, I'm really excited about it. So, Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll turn some advice uh, around on you that, you know, start with the bigger picture, have a vision for the, for the end and work your way backwards. That seems like an approach that you can deal with. That seems like something I've done before. So that's great advice. <laughs> Well, congratulations on that upcoming event and all the things that you've been doing. I'm so glad that our paths crossed and not just because this great story about you uh, apprehending your, uh, your bike tire, but for the leadership that you're showing in Winnipeg and being really an important part of, of the community there. Well, thank you. That's very kind words and everything happens for a reason. And I mean, even if you ditched a verbal on November project. Maybe next time you're in the city, you can come out to either NP or badass lady gang. I'm really glad, not really that you brought that up because I was up to about four in the morning. I hadn't uh, <laughs> caught up with my buddies in a long time. And so long story short, it was a long night, but I thanks for uh, keeping me to account because we all need that. That's what good leadership does. That's what good community does. And I, you know, maybe I'll, I'll set a verbal here and a promise that the next time in Winnipeg, I'm going to be there, rain, shine or snow or sleet or whatever, if only because now the guilt will just be too much. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. So Carly Tardif, thank you so much for the time today and uh, keep inspiring people, keep on doing what you're doing and keep on being badass because honestly, I think you really embody that word. Thank you, Kelly. All right, there goes Carly Tardif, an intriguing individual to say the least, and I think a real true gift to Winnipeg's fitness community and, and really the community at large. I can't thank her enough for agreeing to chat with me. And if you're curious, check out Badass Lady Gang in your city. Again, a quick search on Instagram should get you oriented or just Google the group to learn more. And really, the free fitness community never ceases to amaze me. It's one of the best things going. And that about does it for me this week. I'm off to get my gear organized for the Midnight Moose tonight. This involves hitting the candy store. I'm not going to lie. I need a few trail race treats. 
I think I'm going to go with Mentos and Jujubes, but I always leave the door open for a few impulse buys. And whatever you get up to, I wish you a week of motivating movement ahead. And of course, until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.